Government is everywhere, personally, nationally, globally, and heavenly. Welcome to Are You Real Government, the premier media outlet where we discuss what's going on around the world and how to release God's governance, the kingdom, into it. Each week, we'll be equipping you with kingdom understanding and giving you the inside track to government leaders around the globe. Now get ready to get real about government with Are You Real Government? This is Dub Alexander, spiritual advisor to the influential and your host of Are You Real Government? Don't forget that you can catch the original Are You Real Purpose show with John Fuller every Wednesday on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcast. Today, I'm excited to welcome Pedro Adeo, an established, successful businessman with a kingdom mindset. Pedro, thanks so much for being on the show, man. Yeah, my pleasure, Dub. Looking forward to it. Can you start by telling the people a little bit about you and your background? Yeah, so um, from a business standpoint, I started off in co- the corporate world and came out of college, got a job. That's kind of what we did back then. That's before entrepreneurship was really as popular and, and as a viable option as it is now. You know, got, got promoted pretty quickly, but then got really bored pretty quickly with the corporate structure. Uh, the commutes were killing me. I had a new family now. And so um, left the corporate world for entrepreneurship and started out in the real estate industry as an appraiser and then a broker and a lender. And then that kind of led me into my career, which I've been in the last decade or so, which is as a financial services professional. I specialize in helping people plan for their retirement and make sure that they have all the resources they want and need to live life on their terms. Yeah. And so in that industry, I just was able to innovate some really cool stuff, you know, got some, the Lord blessing with some great ideas and was able to just really go at, go into the conversation from a unique perspective. We launched some pretty um, unique marketing campaigns and sales funnels. And so I consider myself kind of, you know, half and half. I'm half of a business strategist and marketer. And I'm also half, you know, the other part of me is just a very, you know, accomplished financial person who understands investments and, and how to plan for retirement. And then I have a, just a heart for, you know, our stream and, and for kingdom and so I'm finding myself more and more now sharing these concepts and principles I've used in the marketplace to make a big impact. I'm starting to equip uh, people close to me, people I care about, people I know have a huge heart and passion and have a call in their life, teaching them the techniques I've learned in business and how to advance what they're doing more in the, from a ministry or from a church perspective. So that's kind of what keeps me busy. Plus, I got a wife, 20 years, three kids and teenagers. And so we got a lot going on over here. I'm all about you know, the church taking the wisdom and the revelation that God is giving, you know, and injecting it into the different mountains, you know, and helping make the sons and daughters of God successful and influential. But you're talking about, hey, there's some things in the business realm that the church needs to take a hold of, that ministers need to take a hold of. And uh, one of your uh, really good friends, Keith Ferrante, was just on an episode with us. And he had told me, uh, you know, that you were really instrumental in helping him develop his latest resource. And you guys have a really unique relationship between profit and businessmen that I think other people could really benefit from understanding. Could you explain how that works and what you were able to bring to the table and partner with Keith's gift in order to make this launch of his new product successful? Yeah, that's probably a good, that would be a good hour, you know, episode right there. Uh, but I think that, um, I think I said this, I, share, I shared that a little bit um, that evening that I think you were there for. I think prophets and entrepreneurs were made for each other. I think wow. prophetic, I think the prophetic is the highest form of leverage. In business, we always want leverage. Like, 
where do I get leverage? You know, do I hire another employee? Do I invest more into marketing? You know, leverage is all about, you know, putting this much in and getting this much out, right? It's all about doing more with less and expansion and breakthrough. And I think the prophetic as a, as, as a tool, having, having access to prophetic ministry as a tool is the highest form of leverage that we have in business. Yeah. I mean, being able to access the wisdom of God. I mean, God is the best marketer. He's the best financial planner. He's the best, you know, he, senator. He'd be the best at anything he wanted to do. So, so being able to have access to prophetic insights into business, that's a no-brainer. Right. That's a no-brainer, right? I mean, I mean, think about all the mistakes that I've made in business where I, where I allow the wrong per- person into my circle, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, and my wife was very prophetic. I didn't realize my wife was so prophetic. And so because she wasn't classically trained in business and didn't have much experience in business, I didn't know she was so prophetic. I would discount her counsel. So she would say, this guy's bad news. Don't, don't work with this guy. And I'd be like, no, 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 no. You know, he can do this. He can do that. He can do this. And sure enough, six months, a year later, wasted time. Boom. The guy was, you know, wow. We're throwing them out the business. So business people really, really should be pulling on the prophetic. Um, and, and they're not partly because I just think one, they don't understand it Two, They don't value it appropriately because they think they have the intellectual know-how and experience. They often tend to make a lot more money than the profit. So they have this thing that they're better than the profit because they make more money. That's foolishness. Um, and so there's a huge need for the businessmen, in my opinion, women to leverage prophetic insights into what they're up to. On the yeah. same time, um, in the in the church, whether it's prophetic, you know, whether it's any any anything within the church, there is a just massive poverty mindset. There's a massive scarcity mindset. True. There's an entitlement spirit. There is just a lack of value. We don't really value, I think, what we carry enough. It's very hard to create and promote and ask people to invest in you and anything that you do if you don't first recognize the value of it. So good. And so what I believe I've helped Keith do is one, get clarity about really kind of what is the really the main thrust, where can he add the most amount of value? Now he came to the conversation with a lot of that already in place. Like he already knew that, hey, I'm not just a prophet teaching prophetic ministry. I'm a prophet who's raising up emerging prophets. Yeah. So I want to work with people who don't want to just learn how to give a word or learn how to give a word of knowledge or learn how to prophesy. I want to talk to people who actually believe they might be called to the office of prophet. Right. You're talking about a niche within a niche within a niche. That's okay. True. Yeah. So he already came to me knowing that, which is super important. Most of us have a Messiah complex and we feel like we're called to the world. Yeah. You're not called to the world, Dub. I'm not called to the world. There was one man that was called to the world. His <laughs> yeah. name is Jesus, right? Thank God we don't have to do that. So, but we're not called to everyone, but we're called to someone. Yes. We're called to someone somewhere at some time. So Keith already kind of came in with a pretty nice niche to find. So all we had to do was really help him um, create create a, um, an offer, an offer to, of help to the people that he wants to serve. And it really was more about just clarifying what do what do those emerging prophets really need? What do they actually really want? Um, and helping him put as much value into that offer as possible 
So when you when when you when you slap an, a, a price or a financial investment required to access that offer, I wanted Keith to to not have any second thoughts about that at all. I wanted Keith to know that what he was putting out there for people to invest into was worth ten times what he was asking them to invest into. Yeah. Because when you do that, then it takes that fear, it takes that insecurity, it takes that. It's so hard to promote anything in the church because you're like, oh, he's full of pride or look at him. Who does he think he is? Or, you know, immediately you just start to that poverty spirit gets so easily triggered. And so to overcome that, I wanted to help Keith create something that he knew was literally worth 10 times more than he was asking. And not just worth it in financial terms, but I believe there are people who are called to the office of profit that would probably never get there without a course or a curriculum or a school like Keith has developed. Absolutely. Because the road from being, you know, like being called and having that, that mantle of that potential of being an office holder and actually going through the steps. Yes. To actually being there. That's not going to happen. That's not a guarantee. That's true. And so I felt like that, um, you know, it was easy to help him because he had a lot of clarity about what he wanted to do. And uh, quite frankly, there's just nothing in the space. So, right. And uh, Keith was coachable. He was coachable. You know, Keith's a third generation pastor. So he's been shedding layers of the poverty spirit for over a decade now. Yeah. So I got to come in, you know, a little bit later in the game and crack away a little bit more, (laughs) you know. And he has helped me. And as I've served him, there's a prophetic grace that's kind of coming, you know, into my life. And so it's been a really nice exchange. It's, uh, we have a real friendship that is just sweet and it's just genuine. We're friends. We hang out. He was over here the other day. We're watching the Warriors game. Um, We were just hanging out. So like there's a, it's the, the, the business world and the prophetic world tend to in the path of the church world we tend to have manipulated each other in the past, right? Wow. wow. The yeah. church wants the money from the businessman. The businessman then knows he has the money they want. So then the businessman gives the money with hooks. Wow. With expectation. Yeah. This is not, this is manipulation. This is witchcraft. Yeah. Codependency. Okay. So Keith and I didn't want any of that in our relationship. So even though Keith's a prophet and I know he can get a word anytime, any day, I've never asked him for a word. I've never been like, hey, bro, can you give me a word? I've never done that. I've never abused his prophetic gift or cheapened it by, by making him feel like he's a, you know, a soda machine and hit a button and give me a word. At the Come same on, time, man. he's never asked me for money. Yeah. He never asked. What he, what he asked me for was wisdom, counsel, guidance, which was super smart because yeah. I'm teaching him how to basically never – need to ask for money again. I'm teaching him how to create resource, not ask for resource. So like I said, man, this could be like an hour conversation just no on that, but it's needed. And, and, and he and I are talking about something, creating something that we can share because I feel like we have modeled a very healthy union between um, people in the nonprofit world, people in the church realm and, and the business realm coming together in a healthy way that's not manipulative. That's just pure. And it's really all about advancement and having impact. You're, you're not going to be able to advance your message and have impact 
unless there is a way to thrust it and accelerate it and advance it. And um, in today's climate, that usually is helped by having resources to put behind your message. There's so many different little pieces in there that we can yeah. break down and talk about. Uh, one of the things that I like is, is talking when you're talking about wealth in the church and how does that partner with humility? And one of the things that my mentor always says, Dr. Barry Linhart, is that true humility is being as God is, because that's what scripture says, that we are as he, Jesus, is in this world. And God is extravagantly wealthy, and he's extravagantly generous. And so we should be able to see that humility can partner with that attribute in fullness, and that it would represent the kingdom well. So while you and I were hanging out in California a couple of weeks ago, what really clicked between us was our mutual respect and admiration for Dr. Miles Monroe's revelation of the kingdom and how dominion works. So in your own words, can you share with the audience the value that you pull from that kind of hardline kingdom revelation? Yeah. Wow. Another <laughs> hour long conversation, maybe more. No so we, we had the word kingdom is thrown around everywhere in America, kingdom business, kingdom, this kingdom, some kingdom, kingdom. And, and yet I, I don't think we understand this. Uh, I, I speak for myself. I didn't understand it. Um, and yet, so I believe that what Dr. Miles Monroe, and obviously, you know, we're both, you know, saddened that he was, you know, he taken from us very, very too young. Absolutely. But, but Dr. Monroe, because of his, because of being born into a kingdom, into a colony, as a legal structure, he was born, you know, as a Bahamian in the Bahamas, when they were a colony of Great Britain, he actually got to see in real life, what a kingdom and a colony, how they actually function. So he got to understand that the kingdom of God is not just a concept, it is actually a government. Come on. Yes. It is a legal government. So when you understand that this kingdom of God, that is pretty much all Jesus talked about. That's yeah. pretty much, if you look at all the scriptures, like the kingdom is like this, it's like yeast. The kingdom is like a pearl. The kingdom is like a field. The kingdom is like, the kingdom is like, the kingdom is like, the kingdom. I mean, it's just like goes on and on and on. When you understand this is actually is a government, it's a governmental system then every other concept, healing, faith, giving, um, economy, e finances, every other principle that we study and read about gets reinterpreted to the context of government. Yes. Then everything makes sense. That's true. Everything all of a sudden, Matthew 6.33, right? Seek ye first the kingdom of God, Right. And, and, and it's righteousness, right? And then, all, and then and all things will be added unto you, right? Doesn't make sense if you don't understand kingdom, right? The fact that he says, why do you worry about food and clothes? And they're like, why would I worry about food and clothes? Because I got to eat, man. Like, what do you mean? Why do I worry? That's the dumbest thing in the world. Why would you tell me not to worry about food and clothes and shelter? Yeah. Those are the three basic necessities. That scripture makes no sense unless you understand that in a kingdom – the king is responsible to provide for his citizens. Come on. In a kingdom, the king, the glory of a king is when people come from outside that kingdom and see the kingdom and go, wow, look at everybody. They're so, they're so well taken care of. They're prospering. 
right? In Solomon, in the days of Solomon, silver had no value. People walked past silver. That's true. They're like, wow, right? So it is to the glory of a king to have, to have his citizens be well cared for. So he's saying like, dude, don't worry about food and clothes like that. Like that's my job as the king to make sure you have that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I get it. So until you understand what this kingdom thing really is, you can't really appropriate what you don't understand. So healing is the same thing. All these promises of God that we're trying to appropriate, we don't, we, we don't fully able to pull them into our lives because we don't understand the, 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 the rights that we have. We don't understand these are built on legal covenants and therefore we don't have enough faith to believe them because we don't understand that this is not just a nice thought. This is literally a legal structure. It's invisible. Yeah. But, you know, like Dr. Miles says, the Bible is a constitution. That's it. So that the, this visible structure has a written constitution called the Bible and we can appropriate rights from there and so what I, what, how, I, how I actually function with this now is I just, I just look for everywhere a kingdom principle is being used or violated. Wow. So I go into my industry and I look at my industry. I look at the, so I had, I mean, in 2015, I had the biggest financial year of my life. Okay. Um, like literally breakout year. And I literally sat down at the end of the year and I basically tore everything apart. I looked at everything, how I did everything. And I said, where, because I, I, I came into a system, I learned another man's system that was effective. And I was at a place in my life where I needed to really make some stuff happen. And I'm coachable. So I was like, okay, you have results I'm looking for. So let's go. So I didn't ask a lot of questions. I'm like, okay, let me just kind of focus and learn here. And I'm a good student. You know, I took a lot of action. Boom, massive success. Okay. But then I was like something, I just felt the Lord was prompting me to look at this from a fresh perspective. And he gave me an idea to, to, to write a book and do some things. So I looked at my entire business, my entire industry. And I said, where, where are kingdom principles being applied correctly? But where are they being violated? And everywhere I saw a violation of kingdom principles, I fixed it. <laughs> and I changed something. And then we made a shift. And then the next on, year, man. we did double. Two Come times. On, man. Two times what we did in my biggest year ever. And this we're not talking about like going from 100K to 200K. I don't want to say because like literally people just be mad at me. And don't be mad at me, right? You, if if you, you'll never, you'll never take hold of a grace that you, you know, disrespect. Hey, that's but, true. but I can just tell you, bro, like it was a life changer. It was not just a small double. It was a big double. And it was all because I just brought the kingdom principles back into alignment. And, and that is the highest form of power is the principles of the kingdom. They have the highest amount of leverage, the most amount of power. And as believers, we are some of the worst at appropriating the principles that we supposedly should know the best. And there are non-believers, people that have, give no glory to Jesus, people that have, and, and they're taking kingdom principles like seed time and harvest, like stewardship there's, there, and other principles, and they're applying them and, and becoming multi-billionaires.
Right. So I just think, you know, like, so for me, that's how the kingdom operates. I basically, it's the main lens. Everything I look at, I think about, I pull through the filter of kingdom. Come on, man. (laughs) So that's, that's kind of how, you know, and it's been a great blessing to me. That's the best, man. I love that. And that's really, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show is to talk about, okay, how do you implement the governance of the kingdom into business? And I'm so fascinated by that story that you just told of looking, okay, where has the world appropriated and implemented a kingdom principle and where are they violating it? That's so fascinating. So when, when you are talking about, okay, before you're able to identify a kingdom principle being violated or appropriated by the world, you have to have a, uh, you have to own an understanding of what those kingdom principles in business are. So what was your process in discovering the kingdom principles for business? Well, so, I mean, I'm an avid student of Dr. Monroe, right? So like when I say avid, let me just explain. I have pro- this, and I don't, I don't like to exaggerate. Yeah. But I am fairly confident I have listened to hundreds of hours. Yeah. I, I, it's probably thousands, but I, I know for sure it's hundreds of hours of all of this stuff on YouTube. I have pretty much the, at least five, if not 10 of his audio books. So everything I learned about the kingdom, I pretty much learned from Dr. Monroe. Okay. Yeah. And then there's a few other, you know, there's a few other things too, right. That, you know, I, that I take in, but, and, and they're not always business principles. Yeah. They're not, it's not, he doesn't always say this is a business principle. Now he did talk a lot about business, um, but it, it, he didn't really get a chance to really unpack that too, too much. What I do is I take those kingdom principles that are just foundational principles, how, how kingdom life works. And then I apply them into my business. Okay. So uh, I have a bracelet I wear. It, it's John eight thirty two. says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Okay. So. One of, the kingdom, one of the kingdom principles and value is the truth. Jesus said, I am the truth, right? So this is, you, <laughs> let me tell you how simple it is to catapult your business and disrupt an industry. I would say almost every industry has some element of half truth or deception at the root of it. And the, and the business I was in had the same thing. In the financial realm, I can, it's rampant. Half truths are the norm. Now, what's a half-truth? A half-truth is basically um, an incomplete conversation. It's where someone tells you, I mean, Dub, have you ever bought something? Um, you know, the classic is the used car, right? Because used car salesmen were known for, for being liars, right? For half-truths, for only showing you the good stuff about the car and not telling you about all the things that were wrong with the car, right? Right. The financial services industry is very similar, right? Most financial professionals and I use that word a little lightly, um, is they'll tell you all the great things that, that a financial product does. Oh, look what it can do. Da, 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 da. Sometimes those benefits are grossly embellished. Sometimes they are flat out just, you know, just way, way, way overhyped. But what almost never happens is, well, what are the drawbacks? What are the things that 
to get those benefits over here, what am I giving up over here? There's no free lunch. Yeah. And yet I've seen many, 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 many professionals in our industry trained to never teach or talk or, or mention the drawbacks. So one of the ways that I just made a huge shift in our business was I made the commitment that we're going to tell the full truth about how these financial products and services actually work because they're needed and they're still good. It's not like they're bad, but I believe that a consumer should have full knowledge before they make a decision. So what am I doing? I'm using a principle of truth. I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to teach our, our advisors and our agents to tell the truth about how these things work, the good and the bad, so they can pick which of these products and services actually make the most sense for them. Yeah. Now, by using the principle of truth, I also now tap into a second principle, which is the principle of honor. I'm now honoring this person because I'm telling them the truth. Yeah. And because yeah. I'm giving them the honor and the respect of telling them the truth, now I got a second principle that just kicked in that I didn't even really realize until just now me talking to you. Oh, my gosh. This is so good, bro. Right? So yeah. then all of a sudden, you can't – you just – bro, you, you – you start stacking kingdom principle on kingdom principle on kingdom principle. Synergy. Like you can't help but have success because all these principles work. Come on, man. Right. So literally wow. just telling the truth, being relentlessly committed to telling the truth to your customer, to your client. You know, I, I like I'm a whistleblower in my own industry. Yeah. But it's okay because I don't care because like it, it, I'm unwilling to do anything else at this point. I'm unwilling to, to, uh, to do anything else that doesn't allow me to operate with these principles because I know that by staying in these principles, one, it brings a, it brings a blessing on my life. I have complete peace of mind. Um, there's favor that comes. And I never, you know, I never have anything to hide. And, and, and you know, one of my mentors uh, has said, you know, the guy with nothing to hide is the most powerful guy in the room. Dang, bro. So that's why you got to keep your heart clean keep yeah. that's why keith talks about getting you guys getting profits healthy yeah. right what is that same same kind of different language like getting all the stuff out so there's nothing to hide so you can be transparent we can be authentic and transparent and vulnerable because that's what people want they want to trust people but they can't trust us because they can sense that there's we're hiding something there's a little bit of there, there's an awkwardness to us because we're protecting something. What you're protecting is probably a lie. So just get rid of it. Come on, man. Right? Just expose it. Come clean or, 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 and cha- you know, rebuild your business. Rebuild how you do things with that lie out of it. And most folks don't even know this because it's just been taught to them. It's passed down. What many people see as business norms for their industry is literally built on deception. Yeah. Lies and deception. Many believers have been caught up into this and they don't even, they haven't even, they, they, they have justified it of being okay because it's how they make money. Right. And so they go to church on Sunday and then on Monday they're doing things that are not in alignment with what happened with the values and the king and the kingdom. They just profess to be a part of a day earlier. Right. Sometimes they knowingly do it most often they unknowingly do it. They just don't, they haven't even thought through it enough. They don't know the kingdom well enough. And if you don't know the kingdom well enough, you won't know when a principle is being violated. Yeah. 
come on, man. That's it. That's it. It's like uh, my wife used to work at a bank and she's told me that when they were in training for the counterfeit training, yeah. they, they didn't handle counterfeit bills. They handled the real thing. And then at the end of the day, they began to slip in some counterfeit bills. And because they had been handling the real thing all day, immediately, as soon as that counterfeit hit their fingers, they knew it was off. Wow. Think about, so here's what I'm saying. I know in our industry, it's been counterfeit for decades. Maybe maybe 100 years ago at the origins of our industry, maybe it was just pure. But over time, greed had came in and corrupted it. And so most people get the counterfeit first. Yeah, man. And they get dependent on the counterfeit. Yeah. Because the counterfeit works for a season. This is all gold, man. That truth you brought out too about when you have nothing hidden, nobody at the table can play you. That's so huge. If you just walk, if you're in total congruence, in total truth, total openness. What, how did you say that? Yeah, the most powerful man in the room is the person with nothing to hide. Because you're giving the enemy a foothold in those, in those lies and the things you're hiding. The enemy can just come in there and yeah. go to town. No doubt, man. And I loved the truth you brought out about the synergy of the different kingdom principles and how you can get one in motion and it automatically adds in another and another. Yeah. Wow, I think there's a whole lot there. That I honestly did not, that just came out. I'm an external, I know you're an internal processor. I'm an external processor. Yep. So I, I learn stuff when I talk. That's so good, man. Now, sometimes I say stuff and I'm like, is that true? <laughs> but oftentimes I'll just say something I didn't even know. And I was like, wow, that, I got to write that down. That's true. You got to call me every day. Let's do one of these every day. See what else we can learn. <laughs> <laughs> so can you identify a lie about business or money that is believed or even taught in the church that could bring freedom to some of our listeners? I would say, I would say part of it is what I talked about earlier with Keith is you're never going to be comfortable with money with a, with a poor self-esteem. If you have a fractured identity, if you don't really, if you have not learned to value yourself and love yourself, to truly see yourself the way that God sees you, it's going to be very hard to prosper financially without a prosperous soul, right? I mean, that's in the Bible, right? John, right? You know, beloved, I pray in all things that you would prosper and be in good health as your soul prospers. Part of your soul prospering is having a prosperous self view uh, and seeing yourself as as someone of value, someone of worth. And so I think that's where a lot of us get, a lot of us get boom. Like we don't, we, we get blown out of the game right there. Right. Um, We've been, we've been taught maybe a false humility. You know, we've been, you know, maybe it's like uh, downplaying who we are somehow is spiritual. It's not spiritual. It's fact it it's, it's the opposite of spiritual. It's demonic. It's true. I mean, God says, let us make man in our image. So is, were you made in the image of God? Yes or no? Yes. Okay, great. Then why do you think you're an idiot? <laughs> then why do you think you're good for nothing? Now, maybe you've done some idiotic things. Maybe you lack wisdom. Maybe you have to go get some skills and get some knowledge. But that is a, being an idiot is temporary. Yeah. It's not who you are. You just have a lack of understanding, That's right? So good. <laughs> you know, God is not an idiot. So you remain the image of God, right? 
Yeah. So one is, do you have a do you have a powerful and empowering self view of who you are, where you came from, right? Then it's permission. Then it's a permission thing, right? Most people are looking for permission from someone to be able to go out and do the things that are in their heart to do. Okay. Yeah. And and so this is this is really prevalent in the church world, but also in the business world. You know, because a lot of us we see these people who have transcended, who have who are who are public figures who are doing really cool stuff, and somehow we just think that somebody came along and said, "Hey, you know, you're it. Like, you're the next. You're gonna be the next voice of this." And and that's not really how it works. Now in Hollywood, it used to work that way, where an, a, an agent, a producer, can make you right or break you. But with YouTube, now we can see that. There, you don't need nobody needs with the internet. Nobody needs to come along and pick anybody. The the market gets to pick, and you can just rise, and God can promote. Come and on. so I think part of it is we're waiting for permission. And I've struggled with this a long time. There, there's things I should have already done by now that I haven't done because I never gave myself the permission to actually step up and be the voice for this thing that I felt like. I, now I'm literally in the process of, of changing that right now, as I've talked to you about. Like I'm I'm stepping out. And I'm going to be talking more about kingdom life in business, entrepreneurship, you know, how to, how to actually succeed and win and be light in the world. How do you become more attractive? Well, a lot of what we don't realize is that if we're supposed to be salt and light, you know, salt and light add value to whatever we're around. And yeah. I think the best evangelism is having an amazing life. Come on. The best evangelism is just like, People meet you and they're like, wow, this guy is fascinating. Like he's happy, he's successful, he has a great marriage. Like yeah. his kids love him. You know, like what dude, who are you? Like, what do you do? And how do how why are you always happy? And you know, and and I just feel like more of us, if we had a, a life that was actually more attractive and worth modeling, <laughs> that's the best representation of the kingdom and Jesus, right? That's then true. we can say, Well, do you really want to know? And then and then, then you don't bring the glory unto yourself. You bring the glory unto the Lord, right? I think that's part of it. I think we don't understand money. I think we don't. I think we don't understand that money follows value. Come on, money follows value. Period. So anyone that has an issue with having lots of money, I don't understand that because what you're saying then is you don't want to become a person of of, of great value. And why would you not want to become a person of great value? Like why would that not be something worth becoming? Yeah. Just don't get it, man. There's so many more, you know, money has been abused in the church. We, um, do we just have seen so much insanity and crazy stuff. We've seen people, you know, do all kinds of weird and whacked out things to get money. We've seen so many misappropriations of financial wealth, both in the church and out of the church. And, um, so I just think some people are like, you know what? My life is simpler and easier if I don't go for it. If I just pay my bills, live a simple life, right? Then no one's going to hate me. No one's going to, I'm not going to lose any friends, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'll never, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll hopefully never go bankrupt. I'll hopefully never get sued. Like when you start to, when you really pursue entrepreneurship and business, you leave the safety of a, of a job, you know, safety, right? Because jobs right. are safe until what? You get fired until they're not right. The they're really safe until they're like, Oh, thank you for your 20 years of service. But this robot don't have to go to the bathroom right? and doesn't need medical insurance or, Oh, I got this guy in the Ukraine. 
and it'll work for 30 cents. You know, we love you, but not that much. Here's your fake gold watch. Have a nice life. Yeah. And so your a job is safe until it's not, you know, you're there until they need you, you know, and then you're gone. But entrepreneurship, man, like everything's wide open. Like anything and everything can happen to you. Right. Yeah. And so, and, and, and I have been through stuff that if you were like, Hey man, if we went back in time, 15 years and you're like, Pedro, you're going to be, you're going to be a successful entrepreneur one day, but you're going to have to go through this and this and this and this and this to get there. I probably don't take it. I just stay, wow. I just keep my comfy cushy. I'm serious. I, I would just keep my comfy, cozy, you know, career in the corporate world. Yeah. And that's why a lot of times God does not reveal this stuff to us because like if we knew what we if we knew the price we'd have to pay for the promise, we would walk away from the promise. And I was this close to doing that. I was, I remember the day I was literally going through the uh, hell. I was going through hell on earth. Like it was, I, I could not, I, I, it was some of the worst pain and oppression I've ever felt. Like I literally felt like my life was over. I felt like I had a, 5,000 pound elephant sitting on my chest every day. I'm going through the worst of it in business and life. Everything's just falling apart. And I literally remember sitting on my couch one morning, talking to God and saying, God, like, let me just get a hundred thousand dollar job. Like, let me just go find a hundred thousand dollar job. I can do that like that. I'll never get out of the mess I'm in. I'll never create wealth for my family. $100,000 a year is, in these days, is it, you're paying your bills, but you're not going to really accomplish much beyond that. And right. I literally remember as I'm talking to God about this, I just remembered, I just remember the bowl of soup. And, and it was Esau, right? Yeah, yeah. I literally just remember, the, the, I get flashed that story where Esau sold his birthright for a bowl of soup. True. And I was like, I won't do that. I'm not going to sell my birthright. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner. I'm called. I've had so many words about just wealth and success and prosperity and being able just to make an impact on the industry. I'm like, this is so painful, but I'm not going to give away a birthright to get out of this pain. I'm not going to trade my birthright for a bowl of soup. I'm not going to make a long-term decision out of a place of short-term pain. And so uh, the entrepreneurial journey is difficult. There's a lot of pain that can be involved. And so sometimes people don't want that and they revert back to kind of just a very kind of controlled situation, you know? And so I think that's, those are all some of the problems, you know, with money in the church and it's, it's tough, but it's going to change. And I, I want to help in that conversation, but I want to help from the perspective of business entrepreneurship, make it about value. Yeah. Right. Here's a kingdom principle, right? Who's the greatest in the kingdom? Least servant. Yep. You want to be the greatest, be the greatest servant. So that's it. Here's a kingdom principle serve. Who can serve the most people who can solve the, who can, who can serve the most people by solving the biggest problems for the most people. And that's how you're going to create massive amounts of wealth and resources. And you got to the wealth and resources, not because you were chasing money. You cannot chase money in the kingdom. Come on. You cannot chase 
money in the kingdom. That will not work. Money is the lowest form of leverage in the kingdom. Money has like, money I believe is the easiest thing for God to do is money. There's, it's the, in my opinion, in my belief, this is not, I don't think it's in the Bible anywhere, but I believe that money is the lowest form of leverage in the kingdom. When you're looking to accelerate anything in your life and your business, throwing money at it is the last thing that we should think about. Wow. There's probably a dozen other levers and kingdom principles we can unlock, keys we can be using that don't require throwing money. Money is linear. The kingdom is geometric. In the world, money is the pillar. That is their money is the God of the world. Yeah. Right? So they want to throw money. So in the kingdom, we can't chase money. In the kingdom, we can chase impact. We can pursue value and serving people. And whoever can solve the biggest problems for the most people is going to have a lot of money hit them. And so that's kind of how I'm going to start to chip away at this and make it okay for people to have their accounts full of money because it's a representation of all the value they created, real value, right? Real value, not salesmanship, not gimmicky stuff, not not being a purveyor of half truths and just hustling, you know, but actually creating real value for real people um, and, and, and allowing yourself to be rewarded for that. Um, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, blesses a man who sells his food, right? It's in Proverbs, like blesses a man who actually goes to work, you know, as a farmer creates the grain and sells the grain, sells the bread, right? Like that man is a blessing to his community. And so much in the same way, again, it comes back to what do you have? If what you have is valuable and worth something, then people will honor it and pay for it. And, and if you don't feel like you have anything of value yet, that's okay. Then let's get to work. Yeah. What's on your heart? What's the dream in your heart? What do you, what, where's your passion? Where do you want, what do you want to pursue? And let's get busy getting after developing those skills so you can start to create some value. Let's help you find that field. I've been talking about that a little bit on my Facebook, right? Where is your yeah. field where you can harvest and create value? So, um, man, I mean, a lot more we talk about that, but uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of work to do still in the in the, in the body around uh, finances and around uh, powerful ways of thinking about money and and leveraging money. Absolutely. Did you ever drop that line about uh, money being linear and the kingdom being geometric before? No. Dude, <laughs> wow, that was crazy, man. You got to unpack that more at a future date. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Wow. This is fun, man. This is good. <laughs> Felt the breath on that one. You I was get like, me oh excited. my gosh. Me excited. <laughs> hey, yeah. if, this was, if this was in church, we'd take a pause break. I'd run around the building and come back. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> so what is it about the business mountain that makes you come alive? I'm the same thing that has you fired up about the government mountain, right? I mean, business is, I don't want to say it's everything, but it's, <laughs> you can it's, say a, lot it. of, it's a lot of this thing, right? <laughs> I mean, my gosh. I mean, we live in a modern society. Um, and even, even before, you know, when we were mostly of agrarian culture, even in the days of the Bible, right? It's like economy is a big deal. How yeah. we interact how we interact, how we serve each other, how we exchange our time and our money is a big deal. And that ain't never going away. As long as we're around, humans are going to exchange time and money yeah. for experiences and for goods and services. And so 
if I want to go make an impact in my city, I got to go run for mayor. And what if I don't win? But if I launch a business in my city, which no one can stop me. True. And I can create a successful business and I can now market like crazy. I can afford to market because I have a successful business. Now I can touch thousands of people in my city. Yeah. I never had to go run for, you know, mayor and spend money, hope to get votes and go beg for votes. Now, some folks are called to be a mayor. Like you work with mayor, right? You have a good relationship. Praise God that that person was called to be the mayor. Right. Right. But I just feel like for most of us, we're not called to government, but we can shift. We can actually have a bigger impact in shifting society in our city by just running godly kingdom businesses that make money. So tell me about what's, what's the next step for you? What's your next big goal, big dream? What's the next thing you're going to push, man? I'm excited. Yeah. So I have, I have, I have something I'm doing in obviously in my industry, I'm about to launch a, a major uh, effort to just raise up the next generation of financial planners and insurance agents. So I have a word of my life that I received. Um, actually it was a crazy story. I got this word actually while in Pemba, Mozambique, sitting in Heidi Baker's backyard. Wow. Just looking at the ocean. That'll work. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's not a bad place to get a word, you know? Yeah. And so I've been so blessed to be, to be able to kind of be a, a serve Iris and see just, um, you know, Heidi's heart to serve and impact the world. And so I got a word in her backyard two years ago that I would be a father to the, to the orphans in the insurance industry. Wow. Come on. And so I'm just like you said, those millennials, right? Yeah. Those millennials right now, there's a bunch of millennials that are coming into our industry and they're being they're being drawn in with the watches, the cars, and they're being taught a bunch of just uh, they're taught they're being taught how to lie. They're being wow. taught how to lie and hustle for money, and to abuse people to get money. And that's the world. Yeah. The world abuses people for money. In the kingdom, we honor and serve people, and then resource follows. And so right now, I'm launching a big campaign. You know, we want to have hundreds of agents across the country. And just teach these these men and women how to do things right out of the gate. Uh, preferably, we're going to catch them early. If they've already been kind of mistrained, we're going to have to bring some correction to that. And we're building this entire thing on kingdom principles, on kingdom values from the ground up. So we're going to be launching that here uh, this week. I'm working actually on that campaign today. Um, so it's, that's going to be a big shift for me. I've kind of operated for now as more of a somewhat small business owner you know, myself and a few staff, we've been able to do very, very well for ourselves. But at some point, you got you to gotta just do what's in your heart. Yeah, at some point, I can choose to keep my life pretty small, make lots of money for myself and my, and my own family. I can take care of my family and serve my little region here. Or I can pursue the word of my life and actually impact this entire industry. Come on, man. And I just believe I'm called to do that. And so I'm launching that. And then um, at the same time, which is kind of funny, because normally I would never tell someone to launch two things at the same time. And yet I just feel like this is what I'm supposed to do is I'm launching uh, a community for kingdom-minded entrepreneurs that we're calling the 100X Academy. Um, you know, I believe that talking about any kind of multiplication and celebrating anything um, too much that is be below 100x 
you know, um, like I doubled, you know, I talked about the doubling I had and that was awesome. But that with the way I doubled my income that year was I saw a 30 fold, I unlocked a 30 X marketing system. I was able to create a marketing system that the Lord gave me some ideas about. And I was able for every dollar I spent in advertising, I was able to make $30. Yeah. So I've seen it. I've unlocked a 30 fold return. Well, the fact is that 30 fold return was enough to make, you know, seven figures. Yeah. But here's what's available. Jesus said 30, 60, 100. Come on. <laughs> right? So, yeah. uh, and he didn't say that was the top of the top. He just stopped counting at that point. Yeah. So there's even maybe more than a hundred fold return, 100x. But I believe that as kingdom entrepreneurs, we should be, we should have at least a hundred X, a hundred fold return as our minimum target to work towards. And there are millions of dollars being made in books and resources by a very successful, you know, um, speaker and author on a principle that he calls the 10 X rule. Yeah. Right. And that's awesome. And 10 X is great, but here's the reality. Jesus didn't even think 10 X was worth mentioning. His lowest yeah. level was 30. <laughs> yeah. So here's a guy who's made a fortune on giving people the hope and a promise of a 10 X and again, in the kingdom, 10 and even we're talking about 30 is the lowest level. And so I'm just going to grab a hold of that and just go create a community of, of just hungry entrepreneurs who are committed to doing things the right way, following kingdom principles, who actually don't have any problem pursuing value, creating value, solving real problems. And if they happen to create a lot of wealth in the process, great. So we're launching the 100X Academy right now at the same time and i just think that's the lord because it's just like i just think it's the i just feel like it's the right thing to do it just makes sense that with these two things will be advancing at the same time i don't recommend it as a strategy if you if you haven't had a breakthrough in business yet don't do that you're right i mean get work one thing until you actually get that thing to a place where it's really got some life and fruit and you, and but so I've got two kind of major efforts that we're pushing. One that is in my industry and then one that's more, you know, within serving the body. And they're both obviously very related. And so that's why I felt like I could pull this off. And I've got some staff now. We've got, you know, four or five people that are on payroll now. And, and I, it's not just me. So I'm able to, yeah. I'm able to kind of push these things at the same time without really feeling like I'm going to, you know, um, get overly distracted. Yeah, so man. that's kind of what I'm up to, man. It's an exciting time, you know, also a little scary because you're putting yourself out there, but I just feel like it's time. It's time. And, and, um, I've gotten too much encouragement. I've received too many prophetic words. And, uh, at some point history will, t I love what Chris Valentin says. Chris Valentin has, shares a story about how Jesus appeared to him in the bathtub. I don't <laughs> yeah. know if you heard that story. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or he came to the wall. I mean, and the last thing that he says that Jesus told him, he says that history will tell if you believe me. Yep. Guess what? That's not just for Chris Valentin. Come on, man. History will tell if each one of us actually believed that prophetic words over our life. If we actually believe the stuff that we've been told. I'm loving what you're bringing out about the words you received at Heidi's because I always tell people, you know, you start out as an orphan. You're supposed to become a son. But from a son, you're supposed to become a king. But from a king, you're supposed to become a father. And that's the natural kingdom progression of who we are. And I love uh, 
that Joseph, you know, when his brothers came to him in Egypt, Joseph said, and my, my buddy David Winhorn brought this out. He said, I have become a father to Pharaoh. And it was not when Joseph became a king. It was when Joseph oh. became a father to a king that wow. he saved multiple nations. And so that word fires me up that you got, man, that you're, you're going to be fathering yeah. an industry because that's what it's about. And prophecy comes true when you come true. And I know that you've got the tenacity for you to come true so that that word can be made manifest. So I'm excited to get to watch that happen, man. No, man, that's good. That, that's a good word, bro, about uh, that progression, because there's a lot of people chasing kings. Like there's a lot of people that want to be kings. And yep. yet the fact is that the father is actually a higher level. That's it, man. And, uh, yeah. And we and yeah. And our we hear about fathering in our movement. And yet it's. uh it's still one of those areas I think we're, we're developing. Yeah. What does it look like? You know, fathering requires an investment. And so, I'm, you know, one of the things I talk about in the kingdom is also the principle of count, count the cost. You know, got to count the cost. And there's a cost of fathering. There's a, there's, yeah. a, there's, a, there's a willingness to be fully vulnerable before the – I will never leave from a place of inauthenticity. I'm just not willing to do that. Come on, so man. You're going to lead someone and father someone. That means they get to see it all. The good, you know, the, the, the trophies, right? The trophies, but also the wounds and the scars. And I'm at a place in my life where I'm just willing to talk about that stuff now. The, the guilt and the shame that used to be there is just, you know, it's gone. And the little bit that's left will, will only leave me as I start sharing about it. Wow. Come on, man. So I know that also me becoming more, I will never become more until I start to lead these next, like until we start the process of leading, coaching, mentoring, and fathering, that is what will complete my process. All right, man. So what can our listeners do to connect with and to follow you? Yeah, they can either, um, they can go over to 100xacademy.com. By the time you air this, that will, that should be up. So that is the number 100xacademy.com. They can find me on Facebook. Um, I'm not full yet with my uh, number of friends. So nice. they can just, you know, Pedro, P-E-D-R-O, last name, Adeo. They can find me on Facebook. Uh, friend request me, private message me that they heard, the, the, heard this uh, podcast. And I think that's the best way for right now. Um, I've written a book. My first book is called The Finished Life. Mm-hmm. An adventure into identity, purpose, and power. I was blessed to have Bill Johnson write the forward of that book for me. And so that book is all about discovering your identity and finding purpose and then moving in power. Nice. And cool. it's modeled after the life of Jesus. Those principles allowed me to go from a pit and literally just allow God to use those principles in my life to take me from the lowest of low, you know, like literally where I didn't want to wake up in the morning and then have me where I'm at now where I just have so much vision and passion and purpose that um, sometimes it's hard even to contain it. So, uh, I know that book's helped a lot of people, a couple, I know of a school of ministry that is using that book in their second year. And, uh, so they can, they can jump on that on Amazon if they want. So there's a couple of places there that they can go get me. But if, if, if you're an entrepreneur, if you really have some fire, or if you're someone that wants to develop in the industry of financial services, they can just hit, you know, DM me directly at, uh, on Facebook. Perfect. Perfect. And you're dropping, uh, we're running out of time on this interview. I want to have you back sometime though, but you're dropping some awesome, just little short clips 
on your Facebook right now. You've got a series on inheritance versus hustle. You've got a series on finding your field that are just gold. And, and I mean, that's, that's free resource. So all yeah. you guys out there listening, friend this guy, follow him, get that, inherit that wisdom, inherit that wisdom from him, get that in your life. And uh, so, man, thanks so much for your time. Is there any last words you got for the audience? No, man, I just appreciate the invitation. This has been really fun for me. It just it confirms that this is something that we need to talk about. Um, I always encourage your listeners that like, it's just time. Like there's, it's time you can move forward now. You're not stuck. You might feel stuck. Uh, trust me, you know, like I was probably a lot more stuck <laughs> than maybe you are, but you can do something today to begin to, to step into purpose and to begin to unlock destiny and begin to add value. Um, and so there, it just, just take action and connect to get around people that are doing the things that you want to do and pull, be humble, ask them for help, pull on their grace. And so, um, yeah, man, it's just, it's a great time to be alive. I know there's, there's plenty of negative stuff out there, but the kingdom of God is advancing. We need you. You are needed, whether it's in business or government or church or as a mom, but you are needed. And um, I would encourage them to also start to learn more about the kingdom, start to, you know, start to maybe pick up some of Dr. Monroe's books, maybe pick up, go on and watch some free YouTube videos, start to understand the kingdom. If you are a born again believer who is passionate about the Lord, you you do, do yourself the favor of understanding what it is you're actually part of. Yeah. And that's you are a citizen of a kingdom called the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. That is a legal governmental structure that is invisible. And it's our duty to bring it to earth. And we pray in the Lord's prayer, but we don't even really know what we're talking about because we, if we don't know what the kingdom is, how can we bring it to, you yeah. know, so I would encourage you <laughs> to yeah, maybe consider becoming a student of the kingdom but yeah, man, this has been awesome. Just, I feel like you've asked some great questions, pulled some good stuff out of me. And so uh, thanks so much for, the, for uh, putting this together, man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Thanks for being on the show. And for all you listeners that are, you're already on the platform of Are You Real? You can even go back to the very first episode of Are You Real Government? And I lay out what the kingdom is, the definition of the kingdom, how it is a government, how it works. And there's links to that as well to Dr. Miles' stuff. So you can grab a hold of that, start figuring out how to implement that into your life. If you've enjoyed this show specifically, you will enjoy my friend and colleague's show, uh, Michael McIntyre, Are You Real Business? He's also a kingdom-minded businessman. He's got some great stuff out there. So be sure you subscribe to that show as well. And until next time, it's been Dub, it's been Kingdom, and it's been Real. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Are You Real Government? For in-depth resources, show notes, information on today's discussion, or to connect with your host personally, please visit areyoureal.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the other podcasts in the Are You Real family. Until next time, thanks for keeping it real with Are You Real Government?